Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you're listening to the Saturday edition of What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Thanks for tuning in, and I apologize for my voice. (laughs) Poor Christine. She's uh, sounding a little, well, we say sexy, she's saying froggy. Yeah. So take your pick. But uh, we are going to be kicking off today's show talking to Felicia George from Markham, who took home the bronze medal in women's Two men, I think it should be two women, bobsled, at the 2018 Winter Olympics, making her the first black woman for Team Canada to compete in both the Summer and Winter Olympics. She'll be here to talk about making the transformation from track and field Olympian to bobsleigh athlete. And maybe she can also explain to me why it's bobsled and bobsleigh you know, people, different people call it different things. So we covered our bases. We included both (laughs) in that intro. Yeah, we're going to talk eyewear with uh, Annie Zamir, who's a licensed optician. This is something I'd like to hear about. Contact lens uh, fitter is what what her specialty is, and manager at Hakeem Optical in Richmond Hill. She's going to tell us about some of the latest advancements in lens technology, and I think there are a lot of people interested in that. Mm -hmm. Now, film critic Anne Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews in Saturday Night at the Movies. And Renee Rabello, the financial planner and founder of Life Coach Financial Strategies, will be here with things to look out for on your investment statements. Millennial author Kern Carter will explain the inspiration behind his second novel. It's called Beauty Scars. It explores the dynamic between power and beauty in Canada. And closing out the show in our live studio sessions today, we have Melodic Yoza, who's going to perform his brand new single, Celebrate. And we also want to thank Kobo for giving us a book club. This is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Our Books with Buzz list, curated by lifelong reading lover Tracy Nesdely, is up now at kobo.com forward slash what she said. So check it out. And if you read one, we'd love to know what you thought of the book. And, and P.S., you also get a little discount if you go to that link. Um, now, you can find us on social media at What She Said Talk, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're on all of them. So don't go anywhere. What She Said will be right back after this short break on 105.9 The Region. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Kate Wheeler. Joining us now in studio is Markham native Felicia George, who took home the bronze medal in the women's two-man bobsled at the 2018 Winter Olympics with Kaylee Humphreys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. First of all, 
women's two-man bobsled? How does, how does that work? <laughs> no. There's a lot of issues in bobsled in terms of that. but um, And bobsled, bobsleigh. Yeah. Well, so yeah. put us right. So bobsleigh is basically what most people use. And so okay. that is the, the correct term. Most Americans actually say bobsled. Okay. So, but the correct term is bobsleigh. <laughs> bobsleigh. Oh, and shouldn't sure. it be two women bobsleigh? You would think. But I think it's just kind of like historical. Like a mm-hmm. lot... Um, bobsleigh just came into the Olympics. Um, so, but the past five Olympics has had bob, bob, women's bobsleigh. So, I think it's just a little uh, archaic in in that sense. Well, you know, first of all, tell us about your experience at the games this time around, because because we know you're no stranger to the <laughs> Olympics. You made it to the finals for hurdles at the last two summer games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, tell us why you wanted to make the switch from track and field to bobsleigh and how was the whole experience? Yeah, it was a really exciting experience. Um, You know, now being able to call myself a summer Olympian and a winter Olympian, which Mm -hmm. most people can't do, was really exciting and getting to experience the other side of the games, it was colder. (laughs) <laughs> which, would, which would be expected, but um, it was still a really enjoyable experience. It was a little bit smaller, but I feel like it had a more of an intimate experience um, and got to know a lot more of the Canadian athletes and being on a team where people were winning so many medals and just being inspired every time you kind of walked into the Canada house and just seeing everybody's you know accomplishments was really inspiring. Um, and in terms of how I got into it, um, Kaylee actually messaged me on Twitter Right after the Rio Olympics, like, hey, would you think about coming up for bobsleigh? She's like, I think you'd be a great, you know, addition to the team. Um, her coach coaches track as well. And so they actually were kind of talking about me like, hey, I think she would be have really great potential. And um, at first I was kind of resistant, like, I don't know if I want to leave track. I don't know if I want to do it. But um, the opportunity to potentially represent Canada again, I thought that would be great. And to go to the Winter Olympics and just to challenge myself in a new way. But you're the yeah. first black Canadian woman to do it in Black History Month, yeah. which was kind of crazy, yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. right? But, but not only that, I mean, to start in uh, 2016 yeah. and then to get a bronze medal, yeah. like, yeah, seriously, yeah. who does that? But you, so just <laughs> let us know what, what is the next Olympic event you're going to do? Or, so or you're going back yeah. to track, aren't back you? Back to track. So I'm taking two weeks off. Um, and then <laughs> I'm going to start training again. Um, I just don't, like, I feel like I've gotten so much stronger, so much more powerful from, from bobsleigh. So I, I really want to capitalize on that and use, you, you know, sure you don't want to do right pole vaulting it. or hurdles? Let's or, just pick anything, like yeah, pick yeah. it out of a hat and figure something out. But and yeah. then go get a medal. Yeah. So I'm oh actually going to run the 100 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the previous Olympics, I've qualified for both the hurdles and the 100 meters. Um, but I've always felt that my the hurdles was a better medal opportunity for me. Um, but I've always wanted to give the 100 a, a, a shot. So I'm, I'm going to run the 100 this year and kind of see where that wow. goes. Wow. Yeah. That's just unbelievable. Okay. So so let me just get this right. You made your bobsleigh debut at yeah. a national team camp in Whistler, BC in 2016? Yeah. That's right. You tossed it down the track at 120 kilometers an hour in a rookie run. You later admitted you hated. I did. <laughs> the very first run, I actually didn't sit down low enough in the slide. And bobsleigh is also very interesting in the sense that they kind of don't like, it's almost like they just like, go, just do it. And it's less um, explaining than you would think would happen in the beginning. So they kind of gave me a crash course and I just kind of like hopped in the slide. Crash course yeah. is maybe not the term <laughs> yeah, you want right? to use. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I didn't sit in low enough. So when you're sitting in the sled, there's G forces that press down on your body. And if you're sitting up, it kind of like wreaks havoc on your neck. And so when I finished, I was like, that was the worst experience of my life. And then after when the coaches looked at the video, they're like, you were sitting so high. Like, so when I went down the second time, 
it was a much better experience. And so I think I was happy that I did it the second time. And then just kind of each time got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, but I enjoyed the challenge of trying to push faster each time. So it was similar to track in that way. The oh, speed, though. Yeah. 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 And actually in Whistler, we go up to 140, 150 kilometers per hour. So that's one of the fastest tracks oh. in the world. <laughs> have you had a bad fall? I did or have a crash. crash. I did? had a crash in Lake Placid. Um, it wasn't too bad. Um, we were just, we literally just tipped onto our sides. Um, the one thing I do remember from it was how loud everything got. It, Cause I almost, I didn't even realize we crashed till I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm on my side. And I was on my shoulder and I could hear my helmet, um, kind of scraping on the ice. And when you crash, you still have to ride the track all the way down. So we were in turn 18 and there was 20. So we kind of rode it all the way down to 20. And then the one thing I do remember is sometimes if they don't get the sled in time, you'll slide down and go back up. And I was like, please, someone just get us. But it was totally fine. We stopped. Um, I had no injuries. Um, and I actually feel like it helped me become less fearful of the situation, understanding that a crash doesn't necessarily have to be, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. So, And there were some spectacular crashes, not just in bobsleigh, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, overall, like some of the skiers, and yeah. they were like, wow, I don't know how they, uh, how they, they, they get back up and do it yeah. again. Yeah. So how how does the training differ for you? I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're wearing different clothes yeah. and you're doing different things. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it, because you talked about pushing in the bobsleigh, yeah. so a lot of it is coming from your lower. Right. A lot of it, I think a lot of it is from your, my lower, but I think the difference between track and bobsleigh is being able to connect what you're doing with your legs to your hands. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I had to kind of get adjusted to where I'm used to kind of swinging my arms very freely when I run, but now I had to be connected to the sled through my hands and push with, with the sled, push with that, what I was doing with my legs. So in the beginning, it's like I would just run behind the sled, kind of just spin. And then I had to learn how to like really be connected. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of weights, I had to get way stronger. Really? Um, yeah. So I gained about 13 pounds coming into bobsleigh. Um, like, yeah, poor thing. I can do yeah. that in a week. Every <laughs> <laughs> thing I've ever done in my life. The good thing about it is I was able to eat absolutely anything uh. I wanted because my body was like rejecting putting on weight. Um, but I'm so much stronger. Um, so it was it was a cool experience in that sense. So do you have to lose? That? Yeah, I was just going to yeah. ask that. You have to I lose do. it for track? Yeah, so that's kind of why I feel like I need to get back kind of quickly because I, one, need to do conditioning, but I also need to lose the weight that I've gained. Um, so I think I'm going to actually compete a little bit heavier than I would usually because it's going to be hard to lose the muscle mass. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I do need to lose a little bit. But I've already started. It's already but, started coming off. <laughs> but you're you're saying that that you're stronger. So yeah. a lot of that is muscle weight. Yeah. So would that slow you down in track necessarily? Um, to a certain extent. But I think what once I start competing and start running in track, I'm going to lean out in a lot of ways. So, but I'll have a really good like power to strength ratio. Um, so I think. I might be a bit heavier, heavier, but I'll be more powerful and stronger. And the few times that I have had an opportunity to step on the track while I was doing bobsleigh, like, I felt like I was flying. Like, just so much more powerful, so I was covering so much more ground with each step. Um, so I actually think it's going to be a more beneficial than it is a hindrance. I wonder what your coach would say to that about the training of the different muscles and whether mm -hmm. that's something then to incorporate, because I'm sure... He doesn't have a whole lot of people who do a whole a lot, lot of, of things fun. at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm really excited to see what I can do um, within my track season. So are we. Yeah. Um, I mean, the 100 is, you know, that's that's going to be different too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and yeah, it, I'll see how it goes. Um, you know, maybe I'll have to do more bobsleigh so that I can maintain what I'm doing on the track. But yeah, it'll be exciting. Okay. Um, we, we'd like to see the medal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, we're never going to get one, are we? So, wow. Yeah, I've never even actually seen one. Wanna... <laughs> have yeah. you? Um, you, yes. Well, I mean, we've had we've had you see the other. They're just gorgeous yeah, and heavy too. Gorgeous. Yeah, and heavy too. Definitely. Um, when they first put it around my neck, it was like, whoa, this is heavier than I expected. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah. yeah it's not something you're uh, you know taking while you you know go over a few hurdles yeah. or go yeah. for a little jog, is it? No. Uh, but it's, it's so. Are you waiting for a match set? You know, for coasters? Yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah. coasters. Yeah. <laughs> Christy. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's just so bizarre to start something in the winter of 2016 and then <laughs> win a medal. I know. That you've never done before. I mean, you know. I have anyway. no doubt that you can do it. And I did want to ask you, everybody wants to claim you. I see some stories that say, you know, Scarborough native. And then you went, to, now, you were born in Scarborough? Born, I, yeah, the hospital that I was born in was, was in Scarborough. Scarborough. So but, I think that's where that connection comes. And you can, but you consider yourself from Markham. I grew up in Markham, 100%. Yeah. And you went to school there and everything. And I think it's just... Fantastic. We we just can't wait to figure out what you're going to do next. Really, I know. <laughs> I know. How can people follow you online? Um, Instagram and Twitter, uh, Felicia George, um, P H Y L I C I A George, kind of across the board. And yeah. and and you do get by Felicia a lot. All we were having time. a little bit of a joke about <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. We'll be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsAndCo.com. York Region. This is your radio station. 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm Christine Bentley with a bit of a froggy voice. (laughs) Um, When it comes to eyewear, many of us look straight for the fancy frames, but our next guest is here to remind us that when searching for glasses, we cannot forget the importance of the actual lens. So joining us now is Annie Zamir, a licensed optician, contact lens fitter, and manager at Hakeem Optical in Richmond Hill. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. So first of all, what is the difference between an ophthalmologist, an optometrist, and a licensed optician. Okay, so an optometrist uh, is trained that they do a complete eye exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also find uh, some problems if you have in your eyes, like any disorder like pink eye or glaucoma, cataract. I mean, all those small issues, allergies-related issues. Uh, so they can uh, diagnose that. Then they can give you the prescription for the glasses and for the contact lens. Okay. But the ophthalmologist are trained doctors to perform an eye surgery. So this is the main difference between an optometrist, 
and an ophthalmologist because oh, yeah. optometrists cannot do the surgery, but they are. And an optician is? Opticians are licensed opticians are trained to fill in the prescription given by a doctor, by optometrist. Okay. So we take care of your eye care needs. If uh, glasses needs for mm-hmm. distance, for reading, for right. multifocal so, lenses. So you would get the prescription yes. from the test. And then you would be the person to say to the client, these are your options. Definitely. And we help you with your eye care needs, like if you need contacts for different needs, for different uh, re- for different reasons that you need them for mm-hmm. for distance, for reading, or if you want for sports glasses, right. you need safety glasses. So the opticians are the one who take care of that. Okay, so now um, we started the segment by talking, we said we wanted to talk about the latest advancements in lens technology, because when we're talking glasses, I mean, most of us are most concerned about the frames and how mm-hmm. they look on us, which is fine. But 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 you're saying that we should maybe ask some questions or maybe be looking more specifically Definitely. at the quality of the lens. Yes. So how so? Okay. Right now, the fashion uh, uh, time, everybody cares about how they look. Mm-hmm. As much as the look, the look of the frame is important, the main thing is the lens that you see through. Because everybody else enjoy the frame on you, but what you really enjoy is the quality of the lens. So if the vision is not precise, if the vision is glasses are not made right, yeah, you will look good, but you won't see good. So mm-hmm. the, the main thing is the lenses has to be good quality and they, are, they have to be made right. Um, I, I never really thought about, I don't think you have either, about the difference in lens quality. Like, mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference. So how do you how know? How would you know? Like, That's why the licensed opticians are there for it. They are trained professionals. They are trained. We go to school for four years, so we learn every aspect of the lens. We learn what's good for you, and we always work with the best intention, what's good for the customer. So we always offer you the best and since the technology has improved and is the land of in right now the time is that we have uh, digital lenses available digital lenses yes. what's what a are, digital what, lens yeah. digital lenses are now they are they work with 100% precision and different corridors are available for different needs like not everybody have the same needs like um, like shoes some people when they play golf they wear golf shoes when they wear soccer they wear soccer shoes basketball runners they all have different shoes same for glasses uh, maybe you need a different lens a different technology than than you because maybe a nurse who need to see 12 feet ahead of her also need to read um, the medical files she needs something which gives her intermediate and reading at the same time and should be comfortable enough to walk around the hallway without taking off her glasses so so what's the hottest lens technology the digital the, optics wow yeah can you get all that distance i know you can have uh you, you know uh graded glasses that you can look Definitely. down those yeah. called invisible uh yeah right. multifocal lens by uh, invisible glasses and since they are multifocal lens they have distance on top reading in the middle and uh, re- um, intermediate in the middle and reading at the bottom Hmm. So, so what about contact lenses? Because I've always been interested in that. And way back when, 
could never get them because my eyes were dry. And so it felt like I had sand in my eyes and they were no, constantly red. The technology red and, has improved now. Yeah. And the new lenses like um, Alcon are making great lenses. Uh, so we have multifocal lenses and single vision lenses as well, contact lens. They are built with the technology that, that has a plasma layer on top of the lens. So with every blink, it releases the moisture in your eye. Unbelievable. So you don't feel that you have dry eyes and you have sand in your eyes. So definitely that problem has been taken care of because um, you can, it's prolonged wear as well. So you can wear them up to 12 hours, 14 hours, like for busy people mm -hmm. like us, then we have to put them in the morning and take them off at night when we go home. So this is some something definitely, and it's available in every Hakeem Optical location. Wow. So please feel free to come and see me. I yeah. would love to help you with is, that. Is there anyone with um, any sort of person who cannot? be fitted for contact lenses? Not really. Because there used Un to be. Unless there is a condition that doctor says, okay, you're, you shouldn't be wearing contacts. Okay, all right. Other than that, everybody is perfect candidate. We all have to have a recent prescription, latest prescription, and the optician can help you. We do prop take measurements, so we... Uh, custom, we give you customized lens, so we, right. we fit you right. When the fitting is right, Definitely, you will I enjoy. I find it fascinating that I, I can understand or I can imagine how it would be done in a, in a glasses lens, that three levels, but on a tiny little contact lens. I mean, Definitely, that, yeah. That's amazing. Isn't so you that can, amazing? You can get distance reading and... See, especially the ladies, sometimes they want to show their makeup. They don't want to wear glasses as much as we love wearing fashion glasses. We want to go out sometime. We don't want to wear glasses, so there are options available. Oh, I'd love not to wear glasses. I mean, I'd love it, but, um, and then of course I have an issue putting them in and taking them out. Oh, we can Other contact lenses? Oh, we God. teach and it's a free teaching. We don't charge for fitting. Uh, we give no, you a I need somebody pair. to be at my house every morning <laughs> to Trust take them me, out for me. If I trained you how to put them on and take them off, you don't need anybody else. Yeah, it took me, um, I, I, it took me about I, I, two days to get completely used yeah, to doing it. It takes some time, but once you learn the proper technique, to insert and remove, you will be fine. Let me ask you something about the, you, you mentioned prolonged wear, up to 12, 14 mm -hmm. hours. The disposable contact lenses that, that some people like, or the ones that people are leaving in for days at a time, that always kind of scared me. I won't recommend that. I don't, As an optician, definitely the daily dailies contacts, the one you wear every day and you toss it at the end of the day are the best options mm -hmm. because you're avoiding, first of all, you're saving the cost of buying the solution you mm -hmm. don't need solution with them. They are more comfortable and you just wear them one day and then toss it. So there's you, you don't have to worry about getting infection and Cleaning storing them, them properly and, yeah. or not taking care of them because you're just using them once and then there's a fresh lens every day. So def definitely that's one of the best. Now, um, does Hakeem Optical carry like known lens brands such as Nikon? Definitely. We sell a lot of Nikons. Uh, we do sell uh, other brands. We do sell uh, brand name glasses as well. So we do carry Nikon. Well, it's just I was thinking Nikon would probably know about lenses. <laughs> as they do. So how much more, if you specifically ask for that lens, does it add it, a lot of cost onto the glasses? It definitely add a lot of cost, but the technology we have now is surfacing the exact same lens. So we're giving you the wider corridor. We are giving you the same digital uh, progressive lens, which divide the power into all meridian equally. So you see uh, so so clear that 
spending extra money makes sense like if you really want to have an icon lens but it you really don't need it because the way the lenses are designed they're all digital so they are made with because uh, we got the technology from NASA they were used to make the telescope mm-hmm. to make exact precision and definitely same technology has been used to make optical lenses now mm-hmm. and we are doing a great job and very positive feedback with everybody so you talk to people every day what's the most common myth that you say no <laughs> that people have about glasses or contact lenses the people they are not aware what's available in the market they can take benefit if they talk to a professional uh, some people do approach online buying glasses that's the worst thing they could do to their eyes because there is nobody to do a follow up mm-hmm. if the glasses are not made right like there is nobody to correct it and when they come to us we not only help them choose a frame we guide them with the best lens available for their prescription okay can you damage your eyes by wearing definitely Yes. Yes. So it's important. So where can people go to get more information? What's the website? Hakim. Uh, Hakimoptical.ca. Or they can can go to any Hakim location. There is a licensed optician available all the time at every Hakim location to answer your questions. Well, Annie Zamir, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. We'll be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. One zero five nine, the region growing with you and your family. Saturday night at the movies, who cares what picture you see? When you're with your baby, let's roll in the balcony. Welcome back to what she said right here on one zero five nine, the region. I'm Kate Wheeler, and as you can tell by the music, it is time for <laughs> film critic Anne Brody to join us for Saturday night at the movies and we have Sally Potter's scathing social satire try saying that six times fast (laughs) The Party it's shot in black and white in three claustrophobic rooms you say it's unnerving and hard to watch but you love it it's funny it's funny. It's so funny. It's humans at their their worst. And this is sort of an upper crust party in London. One of the women has been named the health minister. Mm-hmm. And she's brought all her friends together, a healer, um, a very angry woman, a young fellow with uh, some big problems played by Killian Murphy, an A-list of stars. It's incredible, um, including Patricia Clarkson. We'll have an interview with her shortly. And uh, so they gather together, and her husband, the new health minister's husband, announces that he has a terminal illness in the middle of the party. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's have another drink. (laughs) (laughs) And and later on... Brought out the tequila now. Later on, we find out that he's having an affair with someone, a woman, who is also having an affair with the new health minister. (laughs) It's so many things happen. There's a lesbian couple, 
and they're pregnant with three males, triplets, which upsets them no end. <laughs> I mean, it's just the worst party you could ever imagine. And it is so slyly written, so witty, so brilliant. And it's only an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. What about Never Steady, Never Still? From, brilliant. Uh, Kath- Kathleen Hepburn? Ka- not and Catherine. Any relation? No. I wonder. Okay. Well, she's a Canadian filmmaker. This is her first feature film. And I must tell you, it's astonishing. It stars Shirley Henderson. You may know her from Scottish and English films. She was in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. tons of stuff. So she plays a woman living in northern BC who has severe Parkinson's and she can barely lift a kettle or, or zip her zipper, um, has a very hard time functioning. And it's a very physical role. It's just just stunning watching her throughout. Anyway, her husband, played by Nicholas Campbell, who we all love, Mm -hmm. he dies a third of the way in, and she's left to cope. And she has a son who is questioning his sexuality and wondering whether to leave his mother. Um, It's all about hardship. But the thing that's so amazing about it is it doesn't try to solve it. It just tries to paint an authentic picture of difficulty. (laughs) And we're no strangers to difficulty. And this is so beautiful. It's set in the uh, mountains. And man, it's good. Steven Soderbergh's HBO series Mosaic takes a look at wealth, power, and murder in Park City, Utah. What do you think of it? Loved it. Loved it. Sharon Stone plays the uh, best-selling children's author. She lives in the, the top property there. She's got pristine views. And we keep hearing this phrase, pristine views. Well, she's got a couple of younger boyfriends, and she manages to irritate everyone in the town, even though she's the uh, celebrity. Um, And one day she disappears, and all that's left behind is a bloody studio. Later on, her hand is found, and and people come up, and they they try and, you know, the, the investigation's underway. And then we learn, in the course of things, that she might have been killed for the views of her house. (laughs) And it's pristine. View. Real estate takes on a whole new See? angle. Oh, there yeah. we go. Seriously. Isn't that incredible? She, by the way, Sharon Stone looks awesome. She doesn't look uh, as though she's had surgery. She looks natural. She looks terrific. Yes. May I also mention there's a film coming up called Finding Your Feet. Joanna Lumley mm-hmm. from Absolutely Fabulous is in it. Her hair is this length now and gray. She looks beautiful. Okay. Okay. All righty then. Um, Elizabeth Banks has an online platform for funny women called Hoo Ha Ha. I think this is great. <laughs> what, okay. what is Gwyneth Paltrow's thing? What oh, is that? The what's that called? Purge, plunk, spurge. Goop. Goop. <laughs> That's how memorable it is. But I will remember Hoo Ha Ha. Hoo Ha Ha. Okay, so it features what? Every comedian you can Every imagine? Every comedian. And there's even Mariska Tar- Hargitay from Law & Order in there doing comedy. Really? And of course, the first thing I thought of was Alex do comedy. Uh, yeah, she does comedy. Well, sure. she'd better get on there because it's a Canadian feature there right now. It's actually a series, a web series. Okay, so it's hoohaha.com. Yes. Hoohaha. That's classic. Okay, um, the eighth annual uh, Irish Film Festival. Festival. Oh, yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. It's in town and it's got a lot of good stuff. It's on, on the, like, oh, tomorrow. It, would be, it runs till March 4th, so you've got till, till Monday, so that's okay. Um, and. Uh, we are almost, time is almost up, Annie, but we want to know your Oscar pick for best movie. I'm afraid Shape of Water is going to win. I want three billboards. 
to win. Yeah, and I know you agree with me on Shape of Water. Well, yeah, but I voted in my poll. I, I, I put down Shape of Water because I was thinking how Hollywood would think. That's the problem. I, it's I, not who I we like. I put it like. too, but I, the, the, the billboards is the only one I've seen. <laughs> okay. We, Look, we, it's my favorite. It, it's your favorite? All right. And we have to leave it there, but you can find the full list of movie and TV reviews up now on whatshesaidtalk.com. And we will talk to you again next weekend. Happy movie watching. Yay. We'll be right back here on 105.9 The Region. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. March break is coming up fast and TAC Camps has you covered with tons of great programs in sports and education running all March break long. With locations in Richmond Hill, Thornhill and Markham offering early drop off and late pickup, TAC Camps will fit your schedule. Spots are filling up fast, so head to tacsports.ca to register today. 105.9 The Region, keeping the 905 in the know. Joining us now is certified financial planner and founder of Life Coach Financial Strategies, Renee Rebella. Welcome back to What She Said. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, today we're talking about things to look for in our investment statements. What should we be looking for in our investment statements? Well, it's um, one of those things where people just get their statements, they kind of peruse it quickly and throw it in their files because they're not sure exactly what they're looking at. So they'll look at what the balance is and they'll be like, oh, okay, I think that's more than the last time and then put it to the side. But they really do need to take more time and even a few minutes to just review the different pages. The statements are definitely governed by the government. So the government says what you want to see on your statement, which is kind of ironic. When when I speak to clients, that's not what they want to see. They have certain things they want to look at. So what I wanted to talk about today is some of the things that you need to look at so that you understand what's going on in your statements and not just throw it to the side because there's things that you may not know are there that are hidden in some of those lines. Okay, so where do we we start with the actual transactions? Yep, so first you would go through, so the first page shows you the balance from the last statement, maybe even year to date, and then today's date. So everybody looks at that. So I won't even cover that. But if you flip over your statement, typically on the second page is all the transactions that have gone through. So this is where your fees that you're paying are coming into play. So depending on who you're dealing with for your investments, different advisors get paid different ways. And there's no problem asking them how they get paid. You would ask a lawyer what they would charge by the hour. You would ask an accountant what they're going to charge you to do your tax return. Why would you not You ask your financial advisor or planner what they're going to charge you to give you service and advice? So when you look at your statement, you will see it'll show that a fee is done. So for example, I had a client who came into my office and she was being charged $20,000 a year on fees for services from her financial advisor, although she didn't feel that she had warranted those fees because she saw them once in two years. So sometimes the fees are justified based on the service that you're getting, but you need to look at your statement to double check because when someone tells you a percentage and then you actually see it in writing the gross amount, Sometimes it's not what you think it is. So that's very important. So, Renee, what would typically be the fees that you, what percentage is the normal range if somebody's just going to go and check now? 
Well, it's very unique depending on where you're located, right? So if you're in Toronto, you're going to pay a higher fee because there's more overhead for the planner. It depends on the service that you're getting from that person. If they're just investing your funds and they're trading, they're going to have a different percentage and able to discount themselves. If you're getting a planner who's actually providing you with a holistic whole look at your financial planning, then you could have a two types of fee segment. So it's a percentage and a monthly amount. So or us per service. So really knowing what you are comfortable with paying for against the value that you're receiving. On average, the industry is charging if you're looking at percentages. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at an advisor to an advisor charging percentages, mm -hmm. on average, they're charging between one and 1.5% for their fees. Okay. And then there's investment fees. So there's so many different types of fees. Well, there are also trading fees. So if they sell a bunch of stock and buy a bunch of stock, then... It depends on yeah. the advisor again. Yeah. Some don't sell stocks. Some just do mutual funds and segregated funds. Right. Right. So it all depends on the level of service that you need and the type of investment advisor that you hire. Okay. So knowing what you need is a big thing. So I always tell people, interview many people. Interview three and find out who you feel comfortable with and what resonates with what you need compared to what they can provide you. What would you say a minimum is for checking in with your advisor on what they're charging you and, and, and for the performance of your funds. Yes, so you should be checking in with your advisor minimum once a year. And quite honestly, they should be checking in with you. So they should be touching base with you once a year to make sure that everything is good and that you're happy. Do you have any questions? If they're not at least reaching out to you once a year and you don't want to talk to them, I've had people come in and say, I don't want to call them. Oh, no. Well, th that person's managing your money. How could you not want to talk to them? I've had the same situation with a girlfriend where I, she was afraid of her advisor. Yeah. I said, are you kidding? Like, How can you said, be? said, I'm afraid to call him and ask him because I think he's charging me too much and I'm not getting any returns. I said, are you insane? This is your money. And she had a lot of money. That's right. And you know what? This is the norm, sadly. And people need to understand that this is their money. This is their financial life. And that money affects their life going forward. So they need to take charge of it and say, hey, it's mine. I'm going to call you. I'm going to ask you the questions I want to ask. And if you're not going to answer them, and if you're not going to provide me the service, or if I'm going to be afraid of you, then I need to go interview maybe three other people and see who I do feel comfortable with. And then those people will transfer your money over to them without you having to do anything except for sign a piece of paper. So you can choose, which is the proper thing to do, to let your current advisor know that you're leaving them, or the new advisor can contact them for you on your behalf and do it for you. So Renee, where can people go to get more information and advice? They can uh, definitely check me out on my website, so which you guys put on the screen, um, mylcfs.ca. They can contact my office, they can find me on Facebook, and I'm happy to answer any questions that they have, even by phone. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region, and we will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. 
trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 1059 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday! Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air, weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh, sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Toronto-based author Kern Carter, who just released his second novel called Beauty Scars, and it explores the dynamic between power and beauty in Canada. Welcome to the show, Kern. Thank you. Very glad to be here. Well, the opening line of the book is, an accident made me beautiful. Yeah. So tell us what Beauty Scars is about. So basically, that's how the book starts. A, a young girl gets hit by a car, and instead of being becoming more scarred, she actually becomes more beautiful. So I kind of tell the story of a young girl or a girl that never asked for beauty, but just like had that thrust upon her, had that responsibility thrown on her. You know what I mean? So what does that look like for someone that doesn't know how to deal with it, never seen it, but just feels its power now, like feels the power of beauty and doesn't want to let go of it? It's it's. A sad statement on our society, really, yeah, isn't it? Of, yeah. of the top, it is. It is. That's why I call it beauty scars, right? Because mm-hmm. really, what is what is beauty? Like beauty is. I mean, for me, you could see beauty in anything, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. a writer, I could see beauty in words. Um, artists see beauty in images. So beauty is really beholden to the person, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, society tells you beauty is one thing specifically, and that thing could be very um, useful in some ways, Mm -hmm. um, and it could be very detrimental in some ways. So it's really like a balance depending on how you look at it. Why did you want to explore the validity of beauty standards today? Because I sort of thought that they were changing somewhat when Mm -hmm. we're trying. Mm -hmm. It is. We are trying to change it. And and to a degree, because we have social media and because everybody has a voice, it does change. But... I, I have a 15-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. and um, for her, um, kind of seeing the things she goes through, like, she would talk about, I want I wish my hair was longer or softer, or I wish my eyes was this color and stuff like that. Um, and she's getting that from somewhere. She's not getting it from me. She's getting it from somewhere else. Instagram, exactly. where people have perfect lives. Exactly. So I'm like, what They what wake up with makeup on. <laughs> yeah. I wake up long, like this. Yeah. yeah. Long eyelashes yeah. and, and look perfect, right? Exactly. So I wanted to really kind of tell a story of... of of beauty and explore it and talk and frame it within within the city of Toronto because I mean that's did that's your where I grew daughter up. inspire this then um partly yeah my daughter inspires most of my writing really? <laughs> inadvertently or, or or unintentionally or intentionally she inspires a lot of my writing for sure yeah mm-hmm. she was she was a big inspiration behind it um and to be completely honest I had um one of my ex girlfriends was one of the inspiration in in like an in a negative kind of way because she was really vain something she would admit so I'm not speaking any anything mm. I'm not saying anything she wouldn't say <laughs> um, she had, she admittedly was very vain so i wanted to kind of um I, I mean she was like a jumping off point yeah but is is beauty any different than having money or other things that that give you an edge you know that you can mm. manipulate yeah i mean 
you could you could actually look at it a lot like money, right? Like it depends on how you want to use it. So I mean, you could use money to do good. You could need money to to do very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the thing with beauty that that separates it is that money is very like like there's a value to money that you could like actually like you could touch, right? Beauty, like what what can you say is beautiful? Like that, it's so ambiguous that it, it, it's almost tough for you to hold Well, that's what to. you said. I mean, you know, we all know the line, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. And, and right, and the standards of beauty or the perception of beauty, we know that it changes from country to country. Some mm-hmm. countries, like we'll talk about women, like thinner women, some like curvier women. Yeah. But right now, apparently, the standard of beauty is Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And that I would really? think... Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what everybody so. is is based on. I mean, Vogue India just put Kim Kardashian on their cover, on their cover yeah. because that's the standard of beauty around the world. That's what young girls are going into trying to achieve. That's what they're contouring their faces to look like. Mm-hmm. That's what they're you know everything. I don't have that booty. Well, yeah. I do. But <laughs> let's, let's leave that alone. But I mean, like figures change, yeah. standards of beauty change. Yeah. So how does the book connect this standard of beauty that is in the eye of the beholder to the power dynamic? I mean, we, we often think that in our business, female news anchors had to, you know, be of a certain, it didn't matter what the guys looked like, they could be, you know, bald, portly, you know, old and ugly, we had to be a different standard of beauty. Huh. So the, the power dynamic in, in the book, how does it affect um, the girl? Because her life yeah. starts to un- unravel when she finds love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, I would say, I would say the dynamic is really in that, in that, in that the, the fact that she finds love and she finds beauty from, and strength from inside of herself that she didn't know she, she had before. So when I, when I think of how I kind of, uh, of wrote the character and I kind of wanted her to be, I wanted her to be this person that really didn't understand the power that she had. Like, that's what I was going for. I, I didn't want her to understand it totally, right? Until, like, like vainly, yes. Like, in, in, very, in very kind of outward ways, yes. Like, I could get this guy if I do this. Or I could kind of, you know, I could manipulate this guy this way. I, could get, I, I wanted to show that because that's real. That's what, that's what girls go through. And that's what girls that, who are beautiful kind of have to do. We with. all remember them from high school. Yeah, exactly. So, but, I mean, as far as, as, far as the, the power dynamic, I feel like she doesn't really feel any strength until she realizes that, until she falls in love. And then mm-hmm. that, and then, then the threat of her beauty being taken away becomes real and then becomes frightening for her. You know what I mean? And then she's like, oh, is this, am I going to lose him if I'm Mm. not beautiful anymore? Now you've been published in some of Canada's largest online publications, including Huffington Post and Elite Daily. Your first book, Thoughts of a Fractured Soul, tackled giving up and feeling like you don't deserve something. Another theme that I think a lot of us uh, believe on, sometimes they call it the imposter syndrome or yeah. the Cinderella syndrome yeah. for women in particular. Mm-hmm. So um, do they connect? Because it almost sounds like you're working through some themes yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, because I want, I want all of my books to be powerful in some way. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be entertaining. So I, I don't want the language to ever be too dense or whatever, but I want it to be powerful as far as the messaging is. So when I wrote uh, Thoughts of a Fractured Soul, I was like looking and reflecting on my own life but I took the, the I took the perspective of what if I actually failed? I was in my early twenties when I wrote this, but when I started writing the book, so I was like, 
what what does failure look like? You know what I mean? Like because at 22 or 23 when I started writing it, um, I felt pressure to be successful by 25. I was like, if I'm not successful by 25, I'm like a failure. You're over the hill, maybe. Um, oh yeah, like it's over, and that's because I kind of grew up in the whole social media um, kind of kind of mm-hmm. time frame, right? So I felt that pressure. So I was like, most people I know are are or I grew up with or I've, I've been in 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 contact with, they they actually have really, really good skills, they're really talented, but they all settle and they all end up um, being completely stagnant or they all end up a job that they don't really like. And for me, that was like the most scary thing ever to be mm-hmm. like so super ambitious and, and feel like you could touch the world and then end up settling into something that you absolutely hate or, or are just comfortable with. Like those words scare me a lot. So I want to like touch on that. So just getting back to your daughter for a second, I've mm-hmm. seen lately a lot of apps, psychologists, all kinds of things everywhere, mm-hmm. teaching us how to disengage from, from the phone mm-hmm. um, and disengage from, from social media. Is mm-hmm. that something you think you're, you'd be able to convince your daughter to ever do? <laughs> Never. <laughs> There's no chance of that happening. But I mean, I just use it. I just use it. Like, you, yeah, I just try my best to use it and stay engaged with her and, and meet her where she's at. Okay, and what's next for you? Another book? Yeah, another book. Um, I actually know the title of my next book, which is weird. Um, it's going to be called Boys and Girls Screaming. Boys and Girls Screaming. Screaming. Yeah, that's going to be the title of my I'm next book. I'm scared. But yeah, just more and more and more writing um, and hopefully more interviews with ladies like you. Oh. That would be great. So, so tell, uh, tell everyone where they can um, get a copy of Beauty Scars. Everything is easy. Just kerncarter.com, K-E-R-N carter.com. That's my Facebook name, my Instagram name, my Twitter name. Your so actual name. My actual name. What even, do you know? I know. My <laughs> Gmail is even kerncarter at gmail.com. It's all good. Like, it's all Kern Carter. So, yeah. um, okay. So, and, and so the writing. Mm-hmm. Does has it made you feel successful because you're having some success? We don't want you to still think you're a failure here. No, Kern. I don't. I don't feel like I'm a failure, but I feel like I have so much more to, so much more to do. Like I just feel like this is literally just the beginning. This book, Beauty Scars, for me was so big because I finally felt felt like I told the exact story I wanted to tell to touch as many people as I want to touch. So that's why I'm really pushing this one hard because I'm proud of it. I'm so proud of it. I got like hundreds of people actually out to my book launch which was incredible and that was just like because people were just I feel like people are really into this one they're really engaged in it so mm-hmm. yeah I do feel I do feel happy but to say if you get if you want to ask me if I'm comfortable I'm definitely not comfortable no not yet you're not, not comfortable yet. in but you are comfortable uh, you you love what you've done I do yeah, but you're I, proud I, but of it I am proud of it and you know success isn't at any given point, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. KernCarter.com. KernCarter.com. This is what she said. We'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270.
York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Sing, celebrate. Party on the ocean. Sing, 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 celebrate. Get this thing in motion. Tomorrow waits to no one. Celebrate. What you are listening to is Celebrate, the new single by reggae soul hop artist Melodic Yoza. Welcome to what she said. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me. We were just talking about this being a new genre, uh, reggae soul hop. Yes, that's the new genre, you know, because um, the reggae music, the the genre itself hasn't been explored, you know. Mm -hmm. You have dancehall, which is really the place you take most of the music. You have roots, and then there's like ska, a mental. So there's no like no pop reggae, there's no R&B reggae, there's no jazz reggae. So reggae soul hop is really embodying that, embodying that, and just expanding the genre, you know what I mean, and bridging the gap. Okay, so you've yeah. you've opened for artists such as Tupac, Sean mm-hmm. Paul, Salt and Pepper, Shabba, Ranks, to name a few, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you get started in, in the biz? You you grew up in Jamaica before mm-hmm. moving to Toronto. Right? Yeah, Jamaica is just it's a place of art, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so just being born in Jamaica, I was always around music, and as time goes by, I realize it's my purpose, you know. So, uh, you know, I just started learning how to mold and create and. You know, get my style together and my vision, and so music been my my whole life. That's been my life. It's my life. It's my purpose. Well, you say you've lived all over the place, yes. uh, Canada, the U.S., but you're back in Toronto because you want to help build. Yeah, a music. I, yeah, uh, because when presence. I the the funny thing when I moved back to uh, to Toronto in 2009, I had a song on Jersey Shore actually. And I was like, oh, perfect, you know, going back to Toronto where I feel it's very um, Caribbean driven. I was like, my style is perfect. They're just going to eat it up. You know what I mean? So when I come here, I came with a confident. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so. Um, they didn't give me no grants or anything like that to help push me on. So I took it directly to the streets and just started selling over like 6,000 CD to the streets. And, you know, and so that was showing me, oh, there's a lot of untapped things here that mm-hmm. they haven't done, plus my experience of traveling would definitely help the market here. So I feel like um, what I'm doing, people will learn from that, my experience, and go out and do the same, you know, just seize the moment, you know, and, and make it happen in the city, for the city, and, and okay. for music especially. We're about to hear Celebrate, which yes. is from your upcoming album called Country Boy Kingston. Yes. That's cool. So <laughs> where can people find your music online, follow you on social media, all that kind of um, stuff? All the social media platform that musicians have from the um, SoundCloud, YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What's your handle? And it's Melodic Yowza, and that's M-E-L-O-D-I-C-Y-O-Z-A. Why ZA? Come on, man! It's Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I could be (laughs) sure. ZA, ZA. Thank you, (laughs) ZA. All right, uh, what she said. We'll be back tomorrow at noon, right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. And singing us out now in our live studio sessions is Melodic Yoza with Celebrate. Yeah, thanks for having me, Yoza, Yoza. As I'm a tear, as I would say, oh yes. Tomorrow never promised today, 
So listen with the general say Please don't wait for my funeral day yeah, For you to come out and play Ain't sure they swing my way Let's live, live life every day Don't worry what the world might say All you gotta do is come out day Sing, 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 celebrate Everybody do the locomotion Sing, 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 celebrate Party on the ocean Sing, 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 celebrate Get this thing in motion Yeah, ah, ah Tomorrow waits and no one Celebrate But nobody Why we alive Oh to celebrate, yeah, in our lives, in our lives. They say life too short, don't show it to waste, cause every minute of your face is on fate, and I know that you can relate, so let me take you on a great escape. Hey DJ, drop that bass, let me see some smile and face, let's do it with style and grace, party the night away. Sing, 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 celebrate Everybody do the locomotion Sing, 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 celebrate Party on the ocean Sing, 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 celebrate Get this thing in motion Yeah, ah, ah Tomorrow waits and no one Celebrate But nobody Why we alive Oh So much to celebrate, yeah, in our lives, in our lives, let me go. favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, 
I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.